Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows Me Undies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Put a finger down if you were talking to this guy that DM'd you on Instagram and then after a few weeks of talking, you found out that he's going to be the villain on this season of The Bachelorette and then you still give him a chance and he comes down to see you because you guys don't live in the same state and you're like amazed at the effort he put in to come see you and how he FaceTimes you all day for hours and texts you all day long and you guys talk about having a family and having kids and getting married and all this stuff and then he comes down and you kind of have like a rocky weekend so on Sunday you were still upset and really didn't want to talk about it so then Monday night came along and you kind of had all your thoughts that you wanted to express to him so you're trying to express those thoughts and then you receive a video of him jerking off to another girl and he was talking about how he wanted to fuck her in that video and it wasn't meant for me so then he unfriended me on snapchat and then he told me that his snapchat logged him out and unfriended me hoping I wouldn't see the video but I already saw it and replayed it and you block him on everything, so now he's viewing your stuff on his dog's account. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. We have an incredible episode for you once again. We are proud to present all of our segments, as we always do. We're going to give you State of the World. We're going to give you Bachelor Nation News. We're going to give you that parasocial play of the week. And of course, we're going to give you a very special Screams from the Pit, this week sponsored once again by Relationship Hero. Relationship Hero is a service you can go to online to get a relationship coach to help you with your relationship. If you're casually dating, looking for a soulmate, newly engaged, or have been married for decades, Relationship Hero is here to support you. Each of their relationship coaches is certified and backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R right now, you will get $50 off your first one hour coaching session. That's relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R for Game of Roses. And later, we're going to have one of their very highly skilled coaches in the pit with us, Shoya is going to be back to listen to us scream into her face and tell us how fucking crazy we are. (laughs) Poor Shoya. Poor Shoya. She's here to help us. We're the poor ones. We're the ones in need of aid. Speaking of aid, before we get to all of our segments, we also want to thank everyone out there for what is going on with clickbait. You know (laughs) we are trying to get on this fucking show, and we've asked you guys to leave comments in their Instagrams and comments in their iTunes reviews, And overwhelmingly, that is now happening. Yes, thank you. However, it has come to our attention that some people are leaving negative reviews on Clickbait's uh, iTunes page. Please do not do that. Please, if you're going to give them a review, give them a five-star review. Don't give them a bad review. It will give us a better chance to actually get on the show if you give them glowing reviews. If you say, Clickbait, you're my favorite podcast. So is Game of Roses. You two together would be incredible. Instead of maybe saying things like, I'm giving you a one-star review until you have Game of Roses on your podcast, you have one month to comply. (laughs) One month to comply. Holy shit. I mean, that's funny, but... It is funny, but possibly detrimental to our cause. So, yes. with all of that said, we are going to begin this 
episode as we begin all episodes by discussing some news that is happening out in the world that you may not think is related to our beloved game, and then we're going to tell you exactly how it is related. This is... Game of Roses. State of the World. Had a lot going on this week in the news. The World Series started, and no one gives a shit. That's baseball, people. The Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the opening game 8-3, and no one was watching. The telecast got a 1.8 rating, and this is around 7.2 million total viewers. That's down over 4 million viewers from last year's World Series opening game. It's on course to potentially be the least watched World Series of all time. Is America's pastime past its time? Is COVID responsible for this? Speaking of COVID, the U.S. recorded its highest death total in over one month on Wednesday. Seems like we're heading for another surge. But that didn't stop our president, Donald Trump, who has been cleared for public appearances after his own brush with the deadly disease. He's been out on the campaign trail holding maskless rallies in the swing states that are crucial to the upcoming election, which is already actually well underway. We've had 41 million Americans cast early votes. This is equivalent to 30% of the total votes cast in the entirety of the 2016 election, even despite all the voter suppression that's going on. There's been a ton of registered Democrats in Florida, for example, who have been getting emails from the Proud Boys threatening them, saying that they need to go vote for Trump or else, and giving the person's address, pointing out that they know where the person lives. If you have questions about voting and where and how you can vote, you can go to IWillVote.com. Let's have our representation in the voter pool be very high for people in the pit. I put a poll out to the pit asking if people had voted yet. 83% said yes. 17% said no. 17%. If you are eligible to vote, please vote. Please vote early. All of the lines are just going to get worse. Just do it now. Just do it. I have to say, I think that 17% maybe it just isn't voting early. I expect 100% voting participation from everyone in the pit. I can't imagine any other scenario. I really can't. We will find you. We know where you live. <laughs> I'm not even saying like <laughs> that I'm going to threaten like the Proud Boys. I'm simply saying I think that's accurate. Uh, we have the final debate is scheduled for, at the time of this recording, tonight, Thursday night. So who knows what you guys will have seen once you're listening to this. And supposedly that debate is going to give the moderator the ability to cut people's mics off. Should be interesting. Speaking of our 45th president, we found out this week that Trump has a previously unreported Chinese bank account. While he paid just $750 in U.S. taxes in 2016 and 2017, his account paid $188,561 in taxes to China between 2013 and 2015. So we learned that Trump isn't against the idea of taxes. He's just against the idea of paying American taxes. Uh, in global news, Nigerians are protesting to hashtag end SARS, which is a unit of the Nigerian police force called the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. They are known for extrajudicial killings, brutality, physical and sexual violence, extortion, intimidation, and many other abuses. Protesters in Nigeria have been tear gassed and repressed by the police while the government is resisting their demands to get rid of this police unit. People are sharing their videos and stories of police abuse and corruption in Nigeria. And this is 
increased due to a lack of funding, training, and, of course, accountability. Maybe we'll end up getting some global police reform or abolition. Who knows? We did have some good news this week. Purdue Pharmaceuticals, the maker of OxyContin, has agreed to plead guilty to three federal criminal charges for its role in creating the nation's opioid crisis, and they will pay more than $8 billion in settlements and close down the company, something I literally thought would never happen. It's weird to see accountability at all for anything. And finally, the thing we thought was most important to mention here on American soil, after a week of a sham Judiciary Committee hearing, Amy Coney Barrett was unanimously voted through to a larger Senate vote that will take place next week to ultimately put her on the Supreme Court. This vote that occurred in the Judiciary Committee went 12 to 0. The Democrats boycotted the vote and in their place set up poster boards with pictures of people who will not survive without the Affordable Care Act in place which Barrett is thought to overturn as one of her first rulings once she is put on the Supreme Court. The Democrats' response to all of this was Chuck Schumer stumbling through a very sternly worded speech about how it's the most illegitimate vote in history for the Supreme Court, which is true because the Republicans had to break rules to do it. The Judiciary Committee rules require that at least two members of the minority party be present to vote. That did not happen. Lindsey Graham pushed the vote through anyway, and so what? Nothing will happen as a result, except the Republicans cheat to win again, and the Democrats are powerless to stop it. You guys may be wondering, how does Amy Coney Barrett's forced through nomination relate in any way to The Bachelor, to The Bachelorette, to our beloved game in general? You might be like, they're not connected. Incorrect. They are deeply connected. Players who go in our beloved game, they come on the show. Do they get health care? No. Do they get health care for the spawn con that they do later? No. So how are they getting health care? Presumably through the ACA. It is how I was planning on getting health care as well. And if the ACA is struck down, if it doesn't continue to protect people with pre-existing conditions, both me and Hannah Ann Sluice and Madison Pruitt, all of us influencers, will no longer be protected. (laughs) And I don't know how we're going to get health insurance, us gals, together. And by the way, if you have COVID or have had it, that will now be considered a pre-existing condition. So it's going to affect... Millions and millions of people. There you have it. That was all of the news that was fit to print this week out in the world. And now we have some more news for you that takes place not in America, but in a different nation. This is... Bachelor Nation News. To start off Bachelor Nation News, we have This Week in Gains. As always, in This Week in Gains, we're going to be telling you about the ratings of this week's episode, as well as all the Instagram movers and shakers from this year's player pool. Unfortunately, the Bachelorette outlook is bleak. 
The series dropped 25% from its premiere last week to a 1.0 rating and 4.1 million total viewers this week. For comparison, last season's second episode only dropped off 8% from the premiere. That was Hannah Brown. That 1.0 figure is one of the show's lowest scores in its 16-season run. Yikes. So... We don't know exactly what is going to happen with our beloved game here, but this is not a good sign. And it could be because it's Claire Crawley. It could be because everything out there in the world is out there in the world and we know this season is kind of fucked. Could be because of COVID. Could be because it's on Tuesday night. There are many reasons this might be happening, but it is happening and it is important to take note. We are charting the Instagram gains of all of the players for this season. And we wanted to highlight the ones that are having the largest gains and how that relates to their play strategy. This week, Claire Crawley gained 31,000 followers, bringing her to a total of 678,000 followers. Uh, The top five follower gains were in order. Dale Moss gained 37K, bringing him to 278,000. This is a higher raw total gain than even Claire Crawley herself. Blake Moynes gained 17.2K, bringing him to 39.3K total. Brandon Goss gained 11.6K, bringing him to 32.1K. Bennett Andrew Jordan gained 6,888 followers, bringing him to 11,000 total. And Easy gained 5.7K, bringing him to 20.7K. The biggest stories from this are, again, Dale Moss continues to gain more followers each week than anyone, including Claire, who's sitting in the 600,000 range. Will she be the first bachelorette in the Instagram era other than Rachel Lindsay to have trouble breaking the 1 million mark? I think it's possible because she's only going to get a couple more episodes here to get whatever gains she can. She's already being vilified. We're not seeing huge strides. The ratings of this show are low. I don't think she's going to break a million. I think she's going to top out at about 750. I mean, she's only gaining 30,000 each episode. Depends how many episodes we have left, I guess. Another takeaway from this week is an even bigger gain for Blake Moynes for his double MVP play and double play of the game. That zero point special rose got him 17.2K. I think we're going to see bigger gains from him yet still because I think he's going to play prominently into the Tasha part of this season. Brandon Goss's error and swift execution gave him an 11.6k bump upon his elimination, a beautiful swan song for Brandon Goss. And Gentle Bennett got a 6.k boost for his portrayal of the rich H-bomb dropping character. He was the first responder at a group date, although he was forced into that response, and he was also the star of the tag for his bungalow fireplace tour. Easy continues to grind out solid gains for his colorful narrator role, 5.7K, and he has so far avoided the brewing controversy of his alleged sexual assault that is still looming on Twitter and Reddit. And Jason Foster with his 4.8K bump. It was a reward for his solid one-on-one performance and one and a half played PTCs. The smallest gain once again of course, went to night one guy, AJ Yalawan, who gained 90 followers. I hope those 90 followers treat you well, AJ. And that's it for this week in Gains. Now on to the news of Bachelor Nation. Item number one involves the Nima Colon Resort. 
where shooting is well underway for Matt James's season of The Bachelor. This news involves sightings of JoJo, Ashley I, Mike Johnson, Tasha Wells. They've all been spotted in the Pittsburgh airport doing posts. This is Nima Colon territory. They are all <laughs> currently rumored to be at the resort. And on Sunday, Ed Wace brought himself, a player in the current season of Bachelorette, posted a series of pics of himself standing in front of the Nima Colon sign with the caption, something seems to be going on here. Why are all of these people in Nemo Colon? And why did Ed the Bubble make the cut? Something seems to be going on here. Is this evidence that somehow Ed and Tasha are an item? Are they going to be reunited in Matt James' season? Why are they bringing him to Nemo Colon? It's hard for me to see someone with as little screen time as Ed being the person that ends up with Tasha. My instinct says it's Ben. Hmm. My instinct says it's no one that because they're going to give her about a week and a half to fall in love, it ain't going <laughs> to happen. Only Claire can do that. We'll see. This is a developing story, certainly. What is going on in Nima Cullen exactly? But they seem to be rolling out the same kind of thing that they did for La Quinta. Here's a bunch of pictures of these people in and around the resort. We don't know what's going on. It's got us talking. It's going to be getting them Instagram pushes. Speaking of things developing, Emily Maynard, the ring winner from Brad Womack's second season, season 15, and herself, The Bachelorette, season 8, announced that she was pregnant and then had the baby the next day, her fifth child, Magnolia Bell Johnson. You made it just in time to see the end of the world. Good luck out there in the water wars. Thank you for reading that. (laughs) It's always good to see any of our ex-players, especially royalty, people who have worn the crown. In Emily Maynard's case, she's done the full royal, the ring, and the crown. And now she's birthing more children. We love it. And we can't wait to watch her family grow. I love this move of announcing your pregnancy and then giving birth the next day. It's very exciting. It's definitely a power move, something that only one who wore the crown is capable of. And she pulled it off nicely. We'll get to that later in our parasocial plays. Rest assured. (laughs) Speaking of parasocial plays, our next piece of Bachelor Nation news does involve some parasocial play. Carly Hammond outed Yosef Abaradi in a series of TikTok posts that has generated 234.9k likes and 2,193 comments. Carly is not a piece of our beloved game. She is not a player. She is a civilian out in the world. But she essentially claims in these TikTok posts, she was talking to Yosef in the interim between the original casting of the show and the current season being shot. And supposedly he accidentally sent her a video of himself masturbating to another girl. In response... (laughs) Yosef today posted a picture of himself with his daughter, once again using the single father defense that we saw him use against Tyler C.'s accusations of just this type of behavior in the first episode of this season. It's traditionally a very successful shield to player package deal. We are now seeing a new era in terms of immediate social media response. If you go on this show and there is anybody in the past 
who you have wronged, who has evidence contrary to what you're saying, which we're going to get to in the next piece of explanation. That you're sending jerk-off videos to. (laughs) That shit's coming out immediately. So this is just more evidence that if you're going into our beloved game as a player, tie up your fucking loose ends. Clean up your fucking Instagram. You can't be doing this shit. He did this after he was cast. Also, ladies, save those videos. You never know. Speaking of evidence from the internet, our next piece of Bachelor Nation news is, of course, Promgate. While on a group date in her second episode, Claire Crawley told Chase and Nick that she, too, had a bad high school experience, which included never attending her prom. Wednesday morning, high school photos were posted by at Boy Mom Merch of Crawley with a date on their way to some kind of prom-like formal event. At Boy Mom Merch is the wife of the man depicted in the photos. Although these images seem to provide concrete evidence of Crawley's deceit, the bachelorette herself took to the comments in the photos to say, you do know there is more dances in high school that are not all caps prom. Turns out it's just someone digging up old photos. Why she keeps her husband's old dance pics, I'm not sure. Frazzled face emoji. I went to a new school senior year and in fact, all caps did not go to prom. Just like I said. Claire Stans immediately took to attacking at Boy Mom merch, which led to her to issue an apology, remove the post, and switch her Instagram to private. This was definitely the biggest event that took place as the result of this episode airing in terms of the secondary things that happen online. Bachelor Nation talking about it, getting in an uproar about it. And there are definitely two sides of this argument. One is, she said she didn't go to prom, and she didn't. The other one is, yeah, she said she didn't go to prom, and maybe this wasn't specifically prom, but it was some dance. It's a prom photo. She's got, they've got the boutonniere, the flowers. Someone asked her to some dance. She went with someone to a a school dance. Yes. We have that evidence. And the idea she was trying to convey on her date with Chase and Nick was that she didn't have a normal or good high school experience. And again, these are just photographs. Who the fuck knows what her actual high school experience was? Maybe it was bad, but these images tell a different story. That's all I'm saying. And again, we're in this era where as soon as some shit like this airs, everything has been photographed now. We're of an age where everybody had cell phone cameras at some point, all these pictures fucking exist. You're not gonna be able to get away with shit like this. And to me, the weirder thing about it is how Crawley fucking immediately attacked her. Maybe she's defending herself here. Maybe some people see it like that. She's also the lead of a fucking network TV show. She's the bachelorette and she's taking time to fucking dig around in these comments and be like, actually, it wasn't that. And by the way, why do you have these old photos of your fucking husband from prom? You, yeah, you fucking loser. This was a spring fling. This wasn't a prom Fake news. (laughs) How dare you keep things from the past? By the way, I don't know if you watched my episode of The Bachelorette, but I kept a dress for six years so I could use it on the first date I went on with a man and throw it in a fire. By the way, Chase and Nick made a good play here. He posted a little throwback Thursday today, which is a photo of himself in high school. Perhaps his PTC from high school is more believable. 
Certainly the best thing to come out of Promgate is now that people are dredging up their old prom photos and posting them, and very soon you might be able to see bachelor clues at prom. Wow. You let you led a dream life and went to prom? You will never hear me say I didn't go to prom. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that... By the way, I don't think that Claire was purposely misleading. I think this is how she remembers high school. Who knows what happened to her? I'm sure she got bullied horrible things have happened but it it is just funny to do that when you went to a school dance yeah i don't know what the truth is either i just know what it appears to be and that's all we ever have to go on with this shit because we're never going to see the full truth the show is a lie period and so you just have to determine which pieces of it are lies is it in the editing is it the way the producers are putting it together are the players lying to us is it a combination of all the above And speaking of lies being told to us by the show, our final piece of Bachelor Nation news involves the Phantom Night One, the divergence, as Pace Case put it in our last episode. (laughs) Can you recap this? The basic rumor is this. There was a Night One shot back in March at the mansion Calabasas, just as they always shoot it. Then COVID protocol came in, stopped production, everybody was put on hold, and... All of the players are now asked to come back and start shooting again in July at La Quinta in the bubble. So the rumor is this original night one happened. It existed. Everyone already met each other, including Claire meeting Dale, including Dale meeting all the other guys. They scuttled that. They told all of these players to act like it never happened, which I think explains some of the awkwardness and strangeness of these first few episodes, certainly of night one, certainly of why she's so into Dale. And... They've all been acting for us. This is the rumor that is going around. I have started piecing together certain elements of the timeline. I just wanted to give you a little update on it. The shooting schedule all makes sense. Many of these players have now started posting their original intro videos that were shot back before March, including Blake Moynes. It's on his Instagram right now. You can go look at it. It's him playing hockey in Canada. We know that Dark Lord Harrison on March 13th issued the video on his Instagram saying Bachelorette has been put on hold. So that's when it stopped. We know March 6th is when they were still shooting intro packages. There are seven days in the middle there that they could have been shooting. The update is we now know from Kelly Flanagan's Instagram stories that she was on a plane coming to Los Angeles around March 8th or 9th just before, after the final rose, which is what she was flying out here for, she was on that plane sitting next to Blake Moynes, who was being flown to Los Angeles for what purpose, if not to shoot night one. Would you categorize yourself as a phantom night one truther at this point? I would categorize myself as a hard-nosed Bachelor Nation investigative journalist who is going to find the fucking (laughs) truth of this one way or another. I don't know if it happened, But there's enough mounting evidence to make me think I need to keep digging. Because if that tape exists, they've all met each other. And all of them are being forced to literally act like they don't know each other. This will be the largest deceit ever in the history of the game. And there have been some fucking big ones. This will be a completely fabricated night one. Pure acting on every level. And that's what I was saying is I think their acting is bad. That makes sense now because they're being forced into this fucking situation that is insane. I think they're already in an insane situation with the quarantine. I'm sure the production 
is fucked up because of the quarantine and they don't have as many people on set doing all the different jobs. Everyone has to live there. I think there's so much going on other than this Phantom Night one that explains why everyone, why it feels different, why it's more awkward, why there's not a first responder at the group date. The most obvious, most likely explanation does tend to be true. And I believe that Claire and Dale Moss were cybering for five years before they met on night one. (laughs) But there was no Phantom Night one. That is just the most obvious explanation. I'm even starting to accept the idea that there was no cybering. There was no DMing, that they're telling the truth about that. But what did happen was they met on night one, maybe even had a first date the next day, that he got the original FIMP, maybe even they went on a date, and then it was shut down. And maybe they didn't talk in that interim. But maybe, even if they didn't talk in the interim, she's looking at all of his shit online. He's looking at all of her shit online. He's watching her old seasons. And they're developing parasocial, strong, strong parasocial bonds with one another in that interim. So then when he comes out of the limo at La Quinta, it kind of makes sense why she's like, oh, fuck, there he is. I get to see him again. We've waited so long for this, he says. A reunion not a first meeting. We've waited so long for a fucking reunion. Well, well, we will keep you updated if there is ever any more evidence than this. Rest assured, I will not let this die because if that tape exists... <laughs> I rest very assured of that. <laughs> I am under no illusion that you are going to drop this. <laughs> well, thanks for your help in finding this most important footage that ever existed in the history of Bachelor. I guess I'll go it alone, but when I find it, you're going to fucking be sorry. I will issue an official apology should we find that footage. I'm still going to give you half the credit for it, by the way, because I consider this an endeavor of Game of Roses. (laughs) So when I win the Pulitzer, I'm going to still say, well, there's somebody else who deserves half of this, and I'm going to bring you up on stage with me. (laughs) Thank you. My pleasure. Benevolent Bachelor Clues. (laughs) Well, that's all we got for Bachelor Nation News this week. Now we come to that time of the show when we discuss all of the players and how they wield their parasocial power over us, how they can look through the screen and talk to us, and we feel like they're our friends, even though they don't know about us and they don't really care about us. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Starting off this week of parasocial plays with a bang, we had Nick Vial trying to start hashtag prom gate with a series of Twitter posts defending Claire and dismissing her dishonesty. He said, prom gate, a thread. If you want to playfully snark about this pick of Claire at a high school dance, cool. It's a silly fun show that is silly and fun to discuss. Two, if you're looking at this photo and making blanket assumptions about Claire's character, then you need to chill. This could be a pick from any dance that's not prom. Maybe Claire had to ask this guy because he was too scared to ask her. And maybe Claire technically lied. In which case, who cares? Everyone reading this has lied about stupid shit. He goes on and on, says to stop DMing Claire, stop harassing her, chill out, enjoy the show. This is meant to be fun. You put this here, but he's got maybe 577 likes on the biggest one here. I would say Tyler Cameron is actually doing 
better parasocial play on Twitter regarding Claire Crawley's season. He posted that video of Claire getting nailed with the dodgeballs and said, Claire is my last pick for dodgeball. It has 19.7 thousand likes, 270,000 views. It's an important parasocial play to be noted, first of all, because it comes from Nick Vial, who, as we know, is the greatest player of all time. Some conjecture about this, some argument, but uh, let's say it for now. And the thing I really wanted to highlight is this line that he said, cool, it's a silly, fun show that's silly and fun to discuss. Maybe for some people, not for us. It is not silly. Reality television is extremely important. And he always is playing off these ideas that it's like, it's just a show. Come on, guys. He also has described negative symptoms that have come out of the show, essentially PTSD from things that have happened to him because of the show, such as Reality Steve and the Flight 3837 tapes where he thought he was going to be sued. He has also suffered emotional trauma from the show. All that said, he still knows what the fuck he's got to do. He may be losing a step in terms of the execution, but he was right about immediately posting his response to Promgate, which, I mean, couldn't have been faster. Couldn't have been faster. It was immediate, the response. He's always trying to insert himself into kind of the biggest topics of the week in Bachelor Nation, and I give the man credit for that every fucking time. So good try, Nick. You fell short a little bit, but good fucking try. Our next piece of parasocial play was a bit darker. Baloney Eyes, Garrett Powell is back after only a week of retirement from Bachelor Nation in order to question the veracity of a woman's claims of being a rape victim on Instagram. He made fun of the sexual assault survivor publicly, then deleted his comments issued an apology, and also deleted his Instagram. But she essentially said that she was raped, and he was like, by whom? When? Why didn't you report it? I think you're full of it. Just very nasty. Nasty things. And he he issued this video apology and posted it to his main grid. And, you know, it's notable because I don't think he's ever apologized for any of the... Um, disgusting, horrible things that he has put on the internet before. But now that he's deleted his Twitter and his Instagram, maybe he has actually retired from Bachelor Nation. This parasocial play was definitely not a good one, and we are using it to highlight how you can do an extremely terrible parasocial play. It still made big waves. A lot of people were talking about it. It obviously forced him into taking extreme action to delete his parasocial presence completely. (laughs) Will he rebuild it? It's possible. Maybe this is a moment where it has turned Bologna's introspective, and he's going to take a moment to reevaluate the person he's become as a result of his interactions in the parasocial sphere. We can only hope. But this week, our parasocial play is awarded to... Emily Maynard. That's right. Our full royal bachelorette issued a video posted last Saturday. It's one minute and 43 seconds long. It has 619,000 views and 3,044 comments. It is the video of the birth of her child. 
It starts on an image of a heart monitor. We hear the throbbing pulse of her child's heartbeat. Our first introduction to Magnolia Bell Johnson. Then a quick <laughs> cut and a pan to Maynard herself in the hospital. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my... Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort. From the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. 
This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. She turns and smiles at us, her parasocial audience. She's ready to bring this new life into the hostile world that we all inhabit. Piano and strings creep in to score everything we're watching, slow, somber, but peaceful and hopeful at the same time. This is a mood we've all become familiar with over the past four years. A fade to black and a fade in on one of Maynard's eyes, an extreme close-up. Her COVID mask is on. Her brown eye stares up at the ceiling, tears welling, maybe from pain, maybe from joy, maybe from both. This is the moment her child is entering the chaos of humanity, but it's played. In this extreme close-up, never leaving her eye, the direction here is unparalleled. We are forced to understand this moment through the experience of Maynard herself. We're given nothing to look at, no other visual information, just her single eye and the hint of a COVID mask on her face, the circumstance of the current state of the world ever-present, the hope of a mother for her child as she draws her first breaths. Then we cut to a shot of the side of Maynard's face for the final seconds of the delivery. We hear a baby crying as we learn it's a girl from the delivery nurse asking if everything's okay and the child is here in the world. We see a quick shot of a doctor cleaning the child as Maynard repeats, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, off camera. Then our first glimpse of Magnolia Bell. She's crying on a blanket as her umbilical cord is cut. And then an off-screen voice is heard saying, looks just like her dad. Don't forget, he contributed to this as well. (laughs) I think he's even shooting the video. We see a shot of the scale. Six pounds, 11 ounces. A healthy child. A strong child. We cut out to see Magnolia herself. (laughs) Now cleaned of all the amniotic fluid and wearing a little hat. She's spawn con ready. And then finally, we get the shot we've been waiting for. Maynard herself holding her newborn baby close, whispering something into her ear that we can't hear. It's spoken too low. This isn't a moment for us. We get to see it, but we don't get to hear it. This is a moment for them, mother and child. And the video concludes with a few more shots, both still shots and video, of Maynard in the hospital bed with the new addition to her family. Congratulations, a rare moment of hope in the parasocial sphere coming from one of our most beloved players in the history of the game. Beautifully said, beautiful video. Congratulations, Emily. Um, I actually can lip read and that whisper she was saying, go on, Magnolia Bell, defeat little Alessi. Oh, she was starting a rivalry. Maybe she was saying something like, you'll wear the crown one day. I'll make sure of it. (laughs) Who knows what was said, but we wish Emily Maynard and her entire family, including little Magnolia Bell, all the best. We hope that the years to come are full of nothing but joy. Check out that video. It'll make you feel the opposite of of baloney tapes uh, 
His Instagram exit versus Magnolia's Instagram entry. And now that we have ended our parasocial play of the week on an uplifting note, it's time to get down and dirty once again as Pace Case and I descend to the bottom of the pit to discuss our horribly problematic relationship with this show. And someone very special will be joining us. This is Screams from the Pit! With us this week, once again, down in the darkest parts of the pit, is Shoya, a relationship coach from Relationship Hero. She's going to listen to us issue our screams and hopefully help us uh, feel better about ourselves. Hopefully, hopefully. Thank you for being here Let's with us again. Let's not get too excited. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> We're too far hey, gone. came back. Yeah. Brought some metaphorical flashlights this time oh. for the deep, dark pit. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Did you watch The Bachelorette? Oh, no, I promised you I wouldn't. I want to stay consistent on on that. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Go, gonna sit here and be like, I don't want to break your trust already. I said I wasn't going to. So let me own to my word. But if it helps, I watched some YouTube clips to kind of catch up on what all the hype was about. Mm, okay. <laughs> so you're dipping a toe into the pit then. A little, a little. <laughs> Here's my scream from the pit this week. Do you know who Rachel Lindsay is? Um, let's go for a no. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna what? go. I'm going to select no for 500, Alex. Wow. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> clues. I can Google it. Though. No, don't let's Google go. it. I can explain. <laughs> I'm having a mental breakdown at the thought that there is a human being who doesn't know who she is. It's okay, she, though. You'll, you'll be okay. She was <laughs> our first ever lead of color in our beloved game. She was the Bachelorette on season 21. Gotcha. Now that you say lead of color, now yes. it's... I, I remember seeing pictures. I still wouldn't feel comfortable saying that I know her, though. But I know... I've seen a picture of her. <laughs> okay. So it's it's crossed some sort of cultural barrier of people who don't watch the show. I posted an Instagram story on our podcast Instagram page this week. Um, someone, I was reposting a story someone had tagged us in, and it's split down the middle. It's about her Instagram follower count. She currently has 915,000 followers. And on the other side of the screen, it was comparing it with uh, the most followed player of our beloved game, Hannah Brown who has 2.7 million followers. And this post pointed to their numbers and said, this is just absolutely insane to me. Quote, unquote, it's not race related, dot, dot, dot. I reposted this with the hashtag complicit because I do feel like we are complicit in this. Um, that both the followers of the show didn't support her. She had the lowest ratings and also people didn't support her on Instagram. Um, the amount of responses that I got to that story was, uh, absolutely insane. It was incredible and horrifying to me. And I feel like just a taste of what 
the hate that Rachel Lindsay gets on Instagram. Um, people responded. They were like, this isn't because of race. It's because Rachel sucks. Hannah is young and fun and Rachel isn't. Rachel isn't likable, et cetera, et cetera. And I like to think that here in the pit, we've got some pretty progressive thinkers. And sure, some of these people that were responding were not following us. And I guess we're just like loose internet trolls who seek out people defending Rachel or maybe perceived me to be hating on Hannah Brown, which I was not. Um, but, and I started getting in into it with some of the trolls, which I try to never do, especially if they're not following us. It's like totally wasted energy. But Rachel Lindsay is likable. I She's one of my absolutely favorite players. I think she's setting herself up for this civil rights advocate career and media personality. Um, she's who I would have replace Dark Lord Harrison, who is the host of our of our uh, beloved game. <laughs> Praise be Lord <laughs> Harrison. Uh, if he should ever retire or perish. And... <laughs> Yes, people can have different opinions on a person, sure. But the fact that she doesn't have a million Instagram followers is due to racism. That's just a fact. Like, every Bachelorette since 2013 has over a million Instagram followers, except for Rachel. This is including three Bachelorettes right before her. This is also including uh, Jillian Harris from 2009, and the Over a Million Club also includes ring winners, colorful narrators, Bachelor in Paradise champions, etc. Um, a ton of other people. But Rachel Lindsay is the only black player who has the highest Instagram follower count of any black player. Tasha Adams is at 863K right now. Um, but I, what I wanted to talk to you about today was... I am struggling with not getting into it with internet trolls (laughs) and the amount of time and energy that I spent on this was perhaps better served for different purposes. (laughs) Um, Sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I am curious about your thoughts about this. Uh, Well, short answer to that question is, wouldn't do that (laughs) that's the really short answer um long answer to that question um is it's just not I feel like it's kind of mirroring something I think you've said before about it's it's like don't give these people attention it's like why am I wasting my time with you like when somebody I'm something I tell my clients all the time which I'm quoting Maya Angelou here is when somebody shows you who they are believe them right and it's like if you're Mm -hmm. showing me that you are ignorant first of all you have too much time on your hands (laughs) whatnot like if you if you're not a follower of the show or nothing and you just want to be like this is my opportunity to spout hate but I'm not calling it hate because I'm not racist let me put that out there just for the this is going to sound super opinionated it's been my experience that if you have to actively say that you're not racist maybe you should sign into relationship here and speak to a coach and talk and let's let, you know work let's work through some of these you know thought processes but um but like no like if somebody has that much time on their hands just to be petty like 
it's real. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's not like nobody has been sucked into that. Cause even I have, um, you know, seen certain, like, Oh, I would never do that. And then when it was me, it's kind of like, it's just so easy to kind of get into it. Cause it makes your blood boil. And you're like, before you know it, like you're responding and it's like two responses and three responses. But yeah, I do think at some point you do have to kind of take a step back and we're like, I value my time way more than this. Right. And I am not going to sit here you have too much time on your hands. That is problematic to me. My time is genuinely money. Unless you can afford to talk to me, <laughs> then I'm not about to sit here and, and, and Instagram argue with you. Now, if you want to pay to argue, feel free. Yeah. I will open that. That's what I should do. Up. I should be like, if you want to send this to me on our Patreon, then I will get into it with you. <laughs> There you go. There you, capitalism at its finest. So yeah, next time send a link to your Patreon and be like, I will gladly take this to, you know, let's argue here. But until then, uh, off yeah. the, just off the record. I feel, I feel just, I feel sort of dumb for not anticipating this as well. Cause I'm just like, I, and I guess maybe some people felt attacked by me suggesting that it was racist, that Hannah shouldn't have so many followers, but I don't. I think Hannah deserves all the followers she gets. I think she does some amazing parasocial plays, but I think to say that Rachel Lindsay should be the only Bachelorette with less than a million and that that doesn't have anything to do with race is absurd to me. Right. It didn't sound like you said that she shouldn't have a million followers. It just sounded like you were like showing a pattern, like out of all the, you know, the things here, this person just happens to have this many followers. She also just happens to be black. Not saying there is something there, just kind of pointing that fact out and people are free to feel how they want to feel about it. But I, I hear you. It's welcome to America. (laughs) Yeah. I would actively say there is something there. I don't think it's like a coincidental thing. No black player has over a million followers. None. The audience of the show is racist. Like that's just the way it is. (laughs) And yeah. as a member of that group, it's shitty. That's what Lizzie is talking about. It's the feeling of being complicit in this giant fucking media engine that promotes things like racism, sexism, homophobia, but still doing it, still watching it, making a fucking podcast about it. It's the the <laughs> essence of what it is to feel complicit in all of this. It's kind of like what the pit is. It's when you realize this shit and you're like, but I'm still watching the show. I'm still promoting it in some way. It fucking sucks. Right. But there's also this this drive to be like, we can change it. It's like any other yeah. like Major League Baseball when they got their first black player or the NFL. All of these giant money-making organizations that are essentially media entities turning out products that we all consume, you can change them. These social things can be changed. And I think, at least for me, when we fucking talk about it and shit, I feel that I'm doing something in the correct direction. I'm trying to push it into a new area, you know, with whatever fucking little tiny amount of power I might have to do that. (laughs) Right. No, I agree. I think that having, first of all, um, being able to the fact that we're able to call ourselves out on your, I think that's the the best quality anybody can have. It's like, please learn how to call yourself out on your own BS, right? Do not wait for the world to do it for you because they're going to be a lot meaner about it and they will project stuff onto you, right? So you have way more power if you're just able to, you know, drag out your own skeleton. I always say skeletons only have power if they stay in the closet, 
Right. But if I'm willing to drag my own skeletons out and throw them on the floor, it's like, okay, now what, what are you going to, what, now what power do you have over me? Right. So um, with, with that being said, like, I think the pit can be good in that sense that this is a place to invite, like invite your messiness. We invite the messiness yeah. of these conversations. We're not afraid to address them. So that is progressive and needed because it has to start somewhere Nothing was ever handed to anybody nicely. Like, oh, he did you wrong. Here, let me fix that. That's never how it went down. So um, I think it has to start, you know, somewhere. And that could be the brighter side. Maybe a little light in this dark tunnel. Maybe a little. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. There's the flashlight. There it is. My little metaphorical flashlight. Um, to play devil's advocate because that is my job Mm -hmm. (laughs) not to um to not fully throw everybody under the bus I will say that I spoke with a friend the other day who is also a person of color I should note for context um and I asked her I was like have you seen the like bachelor or the bachelorette she was like like, I'm aware of the show I was like but have you watched it right like are you like down in the pit with uh, these other people that I'm learning about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know not so much and then I was like do you know who New York is she's like yeah Flavor Flav and I was like okay so part of us is kind of participate you know like in this as well in the sense that I think that there has been like I've never watched a bachelor but I have watched like Flavor Flav in the past I wasn't like a loyal fan by any means but I know way more about that show um so kind of to play devil's advocate I think it kind of pointing like clues to your point about the audience right so like who is the audience that is giving this other person I forgot the name already but 2.7 million followers (laughs) Hannah Brown um, (laughs) yeah giving her 2.7 million followers and you know and then not and then only like a couple of thousand on the other end but the um the producers there is a there is something there so we're not going to sit here and pretend out of sight, out of mind, that that's not there. But like to play devil's advocate, I also think that the audience is majority white. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not probably like, 99%. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that is probably maybe something that's hitting is people being like, oh, I do follow Hannah and not Rachel. Why is that? I'm going to just send an angry message back instead of like looking at this. Well, I think my question to whoever that was, if they're listening, is why did you feel offended? If you, if there wasn't, if you aren't racist or whatever, if you're tired, because that's that's the thing I hear. I'm so tired of people calling us racist. Well, if you're not, then why did you feel offended? Like, what is that thing that caused you to jump into that argument? Or why did you? Why did this person feel as if they were on the other side of the fence as you and not on the same fence? that you were or whatnot. So that's to assume that things are surface level, I think is naive. It's kind of like, mm, if you know, we're in the pit, so might as well just deep dive into the darkness. Like what, what's going on here? I think that if you are going to want to fix the problem, then you should probably want to understand it. Like if you're going to come to, you know, towards any kind of solution, you need to figure out the problem. You kind of get really close and intimate with it. Another little flashlight that I think this pit is offering where like your problems are welcome in this dark, in this really dark place. I, look, <laughs> I, I feel like we, 
if nothing else in the bottom of the pit, we definitely do what you're talking about. We dig into the truth of not only our fascination with the show, but the show's importance as the biggest reality media engine that America creates. And as a result of that, I think it's the most important thing on television because we are now a country that is governed by a reality TV show host. And mm-hmm. basically reality TV is kind of the lifeblood of America. It really is what our culture is. And so if you're looking at exactly what we're talking about, is this show racist? Yes. Why? Because it's catering to a racist audience, which is what? The American public at large. They're cultivating that audience. They're purposely casting it to be mainly white. We're now seeing seasons for the first time ever that uh, have casts that are like pretty diverse. We'll see how this is going to go in the near future. But, you know, the show's been on the air for 18 years and this is really the first time they're doing it. Right, right, right. And I think a lot what the little research that I did do, I thought it was very interesting when I saw some clips was I think it was The Bachelorette and people this was when she went to approach like some guys about not coming to her and um oh, you know yeah like, Claire wanted yeah, a first like, responder at the group date. Yeah. So I saw that clip and I was looking at the comments because I'm toxic as well as far as deep diving down okay. like, the trolls. <laughs> so I'm like looking at the comments and like she was getting so much hate. They were like, you think the world revolves around you? And I'm like, isn't the show called The Bachelorette? Does kind of revolve around her. But I'm like, yeah. um reading these comments and they were very much attacking her and I think kind of again to your point clues is one of the I'm trying to like understand like people's obsession like with the show and I think one of the things is people tend to project themselves onto these people that they see like what parts of me connect with that you know that person this person or even like the bachelor bachelorette themselves and that could also you know be I'm sitting here wondering like well why didn't me and my friend get into this show but it's like there's nothing for me to project connect to for real or whatnot so like obviously it's like oh well next you know next channel or whatever so to assume that everybody can connect with one person I think is like naive right but also again playing devil's advocate to it to assume that skin color is the only way that a person can be connected to is also problematic. Right. So um, it's, I think there needs, I just think a conversation needs to be happening. And I think the conversations aren't happening because people are afraid to have them. And it's kind of like, I, I don't fully know why that is. I think like, I always try to take responsibility for the role that I've like, I'm, I tell people all the time, I'm really hard to offend. Right. You know, as as part of, I attribute a lot of my success into coaching to that, right? Like I'm really, really hard to offend because I don't take people's opinions personally. Like you don't know me. Why am I, you can say the horrible thing about me and I'm just going to be like, I'm really sorry you feel that way. It hurt you. They did have, they did have a special episode. They had Rachel Lindsay come on last season and they addressed negative internet comments essentially but they didn't talk about it as racism even though they had a lot of the players of color communicating things that were said to them they just called it bullying so i think the show the show is scared to touch it definitely mhm mhm but th- but then why are you scared to touch it if there's nothing there to touch because the show presents itself and much of the audience feels this as well 
that it is a frivolous, guilty pleasure, silly reality TV. But that era is gone. I, I will maintain this till the day I die. Reality TV is not fucking silly. It's the most important media we make. It's the most accurate reflection of our culture, surface over substance. And they keep pumping it out. And I think it makes people feel good to think that about it. I can just tune out and watch The Bachelor. And it's like, you're not tuning out of anything. You're fucking mainlining the lie of America straight into your goddamn veins when you watch this show. Uh, anyway... <laughs> On that note, note, (laughs) what was your what was your scream clues? My scream from the pit this week. (laughs) I spent most of this week constructing an elaborate fantasy world that exists only in my mind, and I derived more pleasure from spending my time in that fantasy world than from doing literally anything else in the actual world. So, this fantasy world is anchored in an event that has yet to happen. And will likely never actually happen. So to give you some backstory, there is a Bachelor Nation podcast called... Is about Phantom Night One? No. That's a whole other fantasy world. How dare you? Oh, my God. D- that fantasy world is mine and mine alone. I will keep it uh, pure. I will never discuss it in the pit. Um, so a little backstory is there's a Bachelor Nation podcast called Clickbait. It's hosted by three players who have kind of different degrees of success in the game. And it's become our goal to be guests on this show. Again, I think it's highly unlikely that this is ever going to happen, but I have started to fantasize about that event, about Pace Case and I going on the show. Oh my God. I I can't believe your scream is clickbait. I've gone through lists of things that I would say to these people, questions I would ask, questions they might ask me, directions the conversations might take, what time of day even that this might take place. I even started writing a song about it. As Pace Case knows, from from time to time I write music when inspired, and this has inspired a little song to be going on in my head. And again, I just can't stress this enough. This is almost certainly never going to happen. And I have now elaborately mapped out probably a hundred versions of this event in my mind. Is this time wasted or is this just the next step of the only way out is through or self care? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, (laughs) Okay. Joy is a professional. Listen to her clues. This is so. I first of all am trying to get over the all of the commitment to this fantasy world and the detail that you went into, and and I'm actually, you know, contrary to popular belief, is I think that having a fantasy world is healthy in today's world because it's kind of like you shouldn't be too checked into reality. It's kind of dark out there. Yeah. I want, I want people to have something separate. Now you're something separate. Whether or not that's healthy within itself is a whole other conversation. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Should but clues be living in clickbait world? And and that is um that's step one. So we commend you for your efforts and this self care oh. of not drowning in reality during a pandemic and having some place to escape to and keeping hope alive if that were to happen at least you can say that you're prepared and nobody would say that you wouldn't be prepared for this opportunity you've got it all mapped out you wouldn't be you know what 
if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. That's true. Unless I go off the deep end and we do get on clickbait. And as soon as they start asking us questions, I already feel like I've known them for a hundred years because I've had these conversations with them a million times already. It could be detrimental. We'll see. I would probably not mention that. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully they're not listening right now. They're like, maybe we should have them on. Let's give one of their episodes a listen and see what they're like. This guy is crazy. He's never coming on. <laughs> All right, so like maybe tone it, like if that opportunity does happen, let's tone it down a bit. Yeah. Haven't known them actually. Remind yourself, little notes. <laughs> how Don't are you? How are people. you picturing this conversation, Clues? Well, I'm curious. Much of my focus is unfortunately for grocery store Joe, he just doesn't feature into the conversation a lot. It's mainly okay. angled at Hannah Anslus and Tasha Adams, two players. Hannah Anslus is arguably one of the greatest players who's ever lived. And Tasha Adams is very likely going to be the bachelorette upcoming in the next couple of weeks when this season has reportedly fallen apart and they have to slot in a new bachelorette. It is Tasha. So I have a million questions for each of them, obviously. And a lot of what I've been kind of like orchestrating in my mind is ways to get truth out of them because the podcast they do is an official a sanctioned Bachelor Nation podcast, which means it has to be like on the up and up. They tow the company line. They're never going to actually say anything true. It's all kind of like these frivolous lies and like surface level conversations. And I've been trying to map out ways to drill through that and get to the real shit. (laughs) Basically, I want to find a way to get you fired. (laughs) No, I think it would be the the most listened to (laughs) podcast that they would do because it would finally be what people are tuning in to hear. I would start it out by asking Hannah Sluss something that we always ask people when we interview them. Where did she grow up? What did she watch as a kid? How influential was social media and the actual show, The Bachelor, to her as she was growing up? At what point did she start to wonder about how do I get on this show? I'm fascinated to know how young that was for her because I think it was probably extremely young. She just strikes me as somebody who knows the game so well, she must have grown up with it. She must have been watching it and not objectively studying it but her brain was being imprinted with all of the moves you have to make because she made every move so correctly and i think by talking about her gameplay in an objective way we might be able to backdoor into some shit that happened when we're like so then you i mean she described getting out of the limo as like meeting god like being a heaven getting out of a limo well she (laughs) described not getting out of the limo she described meeting the host of the show as meeting god very interesting i think (laughs) it is something like that but anyway that was my scream but thank you once again shoya for joining us this has been very helpful as always hopefully we will see you next week for our next session and i know you said you've been watching some youtube videos let me just ask you a question before we wrap up here okay Are you feeling any curiosity about the program? Do you want to watch some more YouTube videos or maybe a full episode? Not really. Are you sure? (laughs) Positive. I'm pretty sure. We'll see. If I have to choose between that and a nap, probably going to take a nap. Uh Uh-huh. And then what do you do when you wake up? (laughs) That YouTube video is still on. Maybe watch the rest of it. 
probably grab me something to eat you know okay we'll see we'll see we yeah. still got 10 more episodes we will see but uh you keep the reverse alive. clues coaching this is not working this is my my second fantasy world is one where shoy is watching every episode of the bachelor and telling us conspiracy theories Oh and my, my professional advice to suggest that you do not hold your breath. But- <laughs> Fair enough. Boom, roasted. Fair <laughs> enough. But thank you once again, Shoya, for joining us. Shoya is, of course, a fantastic relationship coach for Relationship Hero. You can visit them at relationshiphero.com. Slash G-O-R for Game of Roses. And again, whether you're casually dating, looking for a soulmate, newly engaged, Maybe you've been married for decades. Whatever kind of relationship you're in, Relationship Hero is going to help that relationship be a better one. So once again, please go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R to support us, to support Shoya, to support Relationship Hero. You're going to get $50 off your first one hour coaching session. That's relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. And we'll see you next week, Shoya. I'm excited. Thank you, Shoya, for joining us. Uh, If you guys are wondering, I'm getting these two episodes a week of Gore, but I want more. You can subscribe to our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Game of Roses. This is where we will be posting at least two bonus episodes a month, and we will be doing a monthly live stream and maybe posting additional mystery content as well um our first live stream is actually going to be this sunday at 5 p.m pacific time so 8 p.m on the east coast and we will be making a post today asking people to submit their screams on our patreon and we will be going through pit screams during this live stream if you would like to join us We thought as an inaugural event to the bottom of the pit, which once again, you can only reach by going to our Patreon. We thought we would do a collective scream. We will all share the reason that we are at the bottom of the pit together and we will revel in the darkness. So we will be making a post on the Patreon. Submit your comments with your scream and we will be going through them on the Sunday live stream, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern. And thank you as always for the tidbits. There's a lot going around right now. And if anybody out there has any tidbits that can help me corroborate my Phantom Night 1 conspiracy theory, please send them to me. Ultimately, the end goal of this is to have in our possession the fucking actual video of Dale Moss meeting Claire Crawley for the first time in front of the Calabasas mansion. I believe it exists. I believe it exists. Hey, Shoya says this is self-care, so I'm going to let you go with it. (laughs) Shoya just gave me a fucking power drill to start burrowing my way even deeper into the pit, into the core of the fucking earth. I'm going to hit lava pretty soon. Again, Please do not give clickbait bad reviews on our behalf. Must be reiterated. Definitely give them reviews, but give them glowing reviews. Sing their fucking praises and ask for us to be on the show. That's how we get this done. It's the carrot, not the stick. And before we go, 
As always, what is that dwab at? It has been 6,786 days without a Black Bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.